Christian Medical and Dental Associations hope you enjoy today's chapel message. Today I want to talk to you about the topic of in the name of Jesus and there's just been so many things over the last six to eight weeks that have triggered this in my mind and it's just a ref constant coming up in podcasts or sermons or something I read in my own Bible study. So then I realized in studying this the topics were way too big to cover in a devotional time here. So we're just going to hit a few high points, okay? What about name dropping? You ever do name dropping? You're guilty of that when you try to use somebody's name to impress others or somehow to gain favor? Well, do we ever do that with God? Well, we try to drop his son's name in an effort to impress him or to gain favor or to get a prayer request from him. You ever do that? Actually, you do all the time. Now, that may not be your conscious intent, but you do it all the time. Is there something wrong with that? Well, we might be a little misguided in the way we do that. So let's look at that and see if we can get on the right track in how we use the name of Jesus. It seems that Jesus sort of gave us permission. He's telling his disciples in John chapter 16, in that day, talking about after the resurrection, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Is that a blank check? Just use the right formula to get it. Paul Harvey tells an interesting story about a mother and a son on the way to the grocery store. And before they go in the store, the mother scolds the son. Now, you've had too many cookies. We're not going to buy you cookies. Don't ask for any cookies. No cookies. Going down the cookie aisle, of course, the son, I want some cookies. I want some cookies. No, you can't have any cookies. So they get to the checkout. <laughs> and having grown up in a church that has this habit of praying, he says, in Jesus' name, I want some cookies. <laughs> well, there was a big enough crowd standing by that got not only a laugh out of it, they also went and bought cookies. And the mother and the son left the store with 20 boxes of cookies. <laughs> so using Jesus' name, he got what he wanted. Is that our expectation? We just use the magic words? Well, what about the use of Jesus' name? In modern culture, I cringe now when I'm on a television show or in some writing. I just see Jesus' name used in the worst possible way. Is it in anger, or surprise, frustration? It's a swear word now. Um, and it's more and more common. I think when I hear it now of this verse in Philippians 2, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I think of that verse and I just pray that those people who are using Jesus' name wrongly will change their attitude toward him before the judgment and not at the time of judgment. Because it will bow down before him. But pray that they do it in their lifetime as a confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But how about the way we use the name? Do you hear JC pray? Do you hear others pray? The most common way Christians in their prayers is in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a habit we do. Are we conscious of what we're saying when we do it? Is doing so, using Jesus' name this way, some magic wand? Is it an open sesame? Is it a password into God's throne room? 
do we have some unconscious way of thinking it might be? Or is it just some habit or tradition we've developed? I did. I grew up hearing that. I do that. Most prayers, I'm sure I in using that phrase. What's the origin of Jesus' name? Well, Jesus was named by God, and an angel came to communicate that. In Matthew 1, the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, She shall give birth to a son, and you'll give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Boy, that's a big thought connected to a name, isn't it? In Luke 1, Gabriel says to Mary, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. Well, I'll say a little bit about the etymology of um, the name Jesus. And it's complicated more than we can cover. Let me give you a couple of high points. The Hebrew, Yeshua, means save, salvation. I've not seen this definition before, uh, a cry for saving. It can also mean a cry for saving. And that's the root word from which we get the Old Testament character, Joshua. In translation from Greek, from Hebrew to Greek, the SH sound was lost, and in Greek we have Aesis, Aesis. And it means Savior in Greek, and in Latin is similar, Aesis. I don't know exactly the distinction between how those two sound, but that's the Greek and the Latin you see on the screen. And then going from Greek to English, the I was changed to a J, and we get to Jesus. In Young's Analytic Concordance, we see that he says the word Joshua is a, is a components of Yah and Shua. Yah meaning Yahweh, and Shua meaning to save, to save alive or to rescue. So we see that it means God saves or God rescues. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go through this in detail, but just see it on the screen. Just remember, in biblical times, names carried much greater importance. They were more symbolic. They were more reflective of a person's character or what God had ordained them to do. And we can see that if we go through biblical characters. I think a lot more so than today. You might know what your name means from the book of name meanings. But most people don't know you by what your name means. They just know you by name. Back then, the names were much more reflective of something about the person's story. So we know the story of Jesus, and we know his name is important, and that has inspired perhaps the greatest number of songs ever written uh, about Jesus. And I was just reflecting back to names, to songs that I knew growing up about the name of Jesus, and some of these really took me uh, down memory lane with a lot of nostalgia. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I remember singing that in the little country church where I was saved at seven years old. And some of these songs probably have distant memories for you, too. Name above all names. There's just something about that name. Blessed be the name. We sing about the name of Jesus. And we should. So what does the Bible say about the name of Jesus? Demons are subject to his name, we see in Luke 10. Demons can be cast out in his name, we see in Mark 16. Healing in the name of Jesus, multiple times in the book of Acts. Salvation through his name in Acts 4 and Romans 10. We're to be baptized in his name, Matthew 28. We're justified in his name, 1 Corinthians 6. Everything we do and everything we say is to be done in the name of Jesus. We see in Colossians 3. Let's look at the salvation, just a couple of the three verses here. 
says in Romans 10, and he's actually quoting from Joel chapter 2, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The name of the Lord, is it just that magic use of words? Or is there something about the name that's important? Something beyond just the name that's important. In John 1, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Well, I believe in J.C.'s name. I've heard it. I know I can recall it, and he responds. But believing in his name doesn't provide me anything other than a way to communicate and call on him, call his, get his attention. But there's something more about the name of Jesus, and we'll look at that. In Acts 4, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Jesus taught us the importance of his name in his last discourse with his disciples before going to the cross, that discourse in John 14, 15, 16. Six times in that discourse, he says about how and when to use his name. We'll look at a couple of those. John 14, 13 and 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Again, is he giving us a magic wand? A talisman to use? Note first the purpose of using his name so that the Father might be glorified. It's an important point. When we use the name of Jesus, it has to be for the purpose of glorifying God. That's a boundary offense around using his name that we need to be mindful of. Not just a habit of saying it, but mindful that there is a purpose in using his name that the Father might be glorified. Peter knew this, and he took Jesus' words to heart that he can use his name. And we see that in Acts chapter 3. After Pentecost, Peter's going into the temple, and he's got a beggar wanting alms. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles were strong. Peter goes on to explain to the onlookers a few verses later. He says, it's by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's in Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see, by faith in the name of Jesus. Here we see that Colossians verse, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This harkens me back to the Ten Commandments. Remember the third one, do not take the Lord's name in vain. We sort of casually think in our culture that just means no cursing involving the words the name of God. No, it's being identified with him, taking on his name as his sons and daughters. I'm a child of God. I have the parent's name. And then if I use it wrongly, that's using it in vain. And I'm identifying myself with God, but not living as a child of God. But we're to do everything, everything we say and do is in the name and with the identity of being a child of God through Jesus Christ. So the importance of Jesus' name is the only means of salvation. It has power over death. It has power over sin. It has power to heal. It's a source of peace and it's a source of restoration and redemption in our life. 
and it's for all who call upon his name. Calling upon his name, is that just mean the words being expressed or does it mean it's coming from a heart of faith and belief and confession? That's a critical part of using his name. I'm going to give you a clue that has helped me through recent years to understand this and then want it to be something more than just a tradition or habit. And here's the concept. Jesus grants us his power of attorney. How many of you have a power of attorney for someone else? I have a number of them. I have healthcare power of attorneys for more people than I care because when they get in trouble, I'm gonna probably have to get involved if they can't make decisions for themselves. I have power of attorney for my sister, my brother-in-law, for my wife. I had it for my mother. When my mother got sick and couldn't make decisions, I made decisions for her. She gave me a legal document that gave me authority to act on her behalf, but only in her best interest and only fulfilling her wishes. Think about that. Your power of attorney is not to do whatever you want to do and it fulfills your interest. It's to fulfill the interest of the person who gave you that authority. That really helps me in understanding that when I'm using in Jesus' name, it's because he's granted me authority to do his will, his way, not my own interest. So praying in Jesus' name, it identifies Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It recognizes our finiteness, our dependency on him and his infiniteness. He says in the Beatitudes, the first step is to be poor in spirit, to recognize that we're not adequate without him being in our lives. So we confess that when we pray in his name. We exercise only the authority he gives us. That's what we should be thinking and saying when we say in his name. We submit to his will and only his will. I've heard people say, well, don't ever just pray to get something and then say if, if it's your will. No, we, we want what we want, whether it's God's will or not. I mean, I've heard people say, well, that's not faith if you always just pray it's in his will. My will is not very good and my wishes aren't very bright and good. I always want to predicate my prayers. Jesus said, if it be your will, Father, we need to pray in his name is an expression of in his will. Only in his will. We submit to his will. We seek to represent his kingdom interest only. Not our interest. If we're truly praying in Jesus' name, it's his interest that we should be representing. And by saying that, we exercise faith in him to be true to his word and true to his promises. So rightly praying in Jesus' name is not a means of getting our way. It's a request that he gets his way. That's how we sum up our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen? It's because we want him to get his way. It's not our way that we're ultimately asking for. He says we can come and cast our cares on him. We can ask him as little children, not knowing what's best, but just come and be with him and ask him, and he'll do what's best. We, we can ask him foolish things. He's okay with that, but he wants us to submit to his will. Now, there's an important linkage of faith in this, as we saw in Acts 3 when Peter says, it's by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see is now made strong. Uh, we've talked about this before, I think, but 
Faith, sometimes, I think is maybe way too complicated. It's just too abstract, and I've heard ministers go on and on and on. At the end, I didn't really know what they had said. I mean, it all sounded good, but I couldn't synthesize it. I couldn't make it practical in my life. So this little illustration really helps me to focus in on faith. Say I'm a 10-year-old boy. Another circus is coming in town this weekend. I really, really hope that I get to go to the circus. I'm hoping so much I get to go to the circus. Well, on Thursday night, Dad comes home from work. My father says to me, son, this weekend I'm going to take you to the circus. Suddenly, what I hoped for is now assured and certain. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. At one point in time, it was just a hope, but the minute my father said it was going to happen, it went from hope to faith, substance and assurance. Why? Because I hoped so hard it came to pass? No, it's because my daddy said so, and he's true and capable of bringing it to pass. So faith is directed toward him, not faith that he's going to do what I want him to do. Faith is in his character, in his capacity. And when we place our faith in him and then use his name with his authority and his will and his way, filling his wishes and his kingdom desires, that's when it all comes about in our lives. That's when we need to conclude our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And if we understand that, <clears throat> excuse, our prayers take on a lot more meaning to us. And I think they're more true in our communication with God because it's a surrendering and an admission that we really ultimately depend on him to guide us and his power and his will is what's important in our life. So I made this commitment. I ask you to join me. Let's make praying in Jesus' name more than just a tradition or a mindless habit. Let's let Jesus' name be used in a way that reminds us of who he is, reminder of what he has done, reminder of his teaching and his promises and what he's capable of, and that we're asking in his will that things be done. And we're exercising our faith in him to bring it to pass. So, are you an authorized user of the name of Jesus? I hope you all are. And do you use his name according to his will and for God's glory? He invites us to and he gives us his power of attorney to make it possible. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we pray to you in the name of Jesus, for we know of no other name in heaven and earth upon which we can call and expect to be heard and expect to receive an answer. For by this name you have given us access through our confession of faith in your Son. You've given us this special privilege to be sons and daughters and let, you, let us come to you, Lord. Bring the cares of life, but also, Lord, you want us to come recognizing who you are, having faith in you to be powerful and true and good and loving and a mercy-giving, a grace-giving God. We thank you for that. We thank you that we have access to you through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.